You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. We're going to be talking about the 2020 football season, the year that I feel like most Auburn fans might forget about, though there were definitely some bright points, and uh, we're definitely going to hit on some of those, uh, despite this very odd and peculiar season that is the football season that happened during a pandemic. Jared, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm afraid we might get uh, people might get mad at us for bringing anything up relating to 2020, but uh, <laughs> here we are. We're going to do it. So yeah, it, it was definitely probably the craziest season that's ever happened for most schools, and um, I, I hope we never have to go through it again. I really hope not. And uh, now the vaccines are going out. I'm hoping you know come August next year, uh, or I guess 2021, since we're already in 2021 that we'll be able to uh, somehow have some sort of semblance of a regular football season. Like I, I, I definitely miss certain things about game day, like tiger walk or just going to a football game. The amount of fans, the 20% that were allowed, I never was able to go. Now I probably could have, you know, scrounged together $500 to go get a ticket, but I don't know. It, it's not that like, I love Auburn, but that's a lot of money just for one game. <laughs> Yeah, for real. It, yeah, it's yeah. The fans. I mean, the whole thing that makes the experience about college football is you know was just not there this year, and so yeah, we got to watch it on TV, but it it just wasn't the same. Um, so definitely hoping that that we and for bigger issues, you know, in our country uh, as far as people's safety, I hope we get you know back to normal very soon. Yeah, and it was just odd that like the you know the normal collegiate festivities like for Auburn we had Tiger Walk we weren't able to do that this year there was no eagle flight before the game because no live animals were allowed on the field uh, there was no marching of bands at halftime or even pregame so it, it just didn't like you could feel it was different now I am extremely glad that Auburn decided of that 20 percent and what Alan Green decided to do was portion that out to a lot of students so mostly students came to the games and made the most uh noise and just kind of brought as much of the you know uh, the fan kind of experience to a game as possible so i i definitely commend them on their decision to do that instead of um kind of going with who who pays the most okay well then you get offered tickets but the students are there for only, you know, four years or uh, sometime around, you know, if it's other people, you know, it's five years or <laughs> I was about to say five, six, ten. Who's counting? <laughs> Who's, however long it takes for you to get your bachelor's, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then just as a reminder, we had Chad Morris running our offense. Uh, 
and calling plays. This was early on decided as soon as he was hired by Gus um, that he was going to be doing that. And uh, we also had Kevin Still. I think it was his fifth season at Auburn. Uh, and on our defense, I think the biggest two gaping holes coming into the season, Marlon Davidson and Derek Brown. So uh, we had to fill those gaps, and I don't think we fully did that throughout the <laughs> those season. Are big, those are big gaps to fill. Right. But I feel like Auburn kind of managed with the amount of uh, talent that they had on defense. It wasn't the best defensive year by any means, but I think throughout the year you saw the improvement over and over that our defense had. Um, Back in March. Okay, so I, I just kind of want to think back on that. So all sports has stopped. I think you and I, when we were kind of getting started with this, trying to figure out and decipher what's going to happen with football because March and August, you know, it seems like a long amount of time. Okay. Sure. This pandemic's, you know, last what we thought, you know, a few weeks or maybe a month or two. And now we're still a year into this almost, and we're still having uh COVID spikes everywhere. So it's like, are we even going to have a football season? Is it even going to happen? And this was, uh, I feel like the biggest concern, there were big names saying there's no way we're playing football. And I felt like there was a desire from coaching staffs and play, particularly players that they wanted to play. And I felt that like that movement kind of pushed uh, most conferences to uh, want to play. Uh, now, I <laughs> also think back, Jared, SEC, ACC, um, what was the other? Was it Big Ten at the point? I can't remember if that was the third one. But it was like, you know, three conferences playing. And then everybody was like, or it was Big 12. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like, all right, let's see how, how many conferences will actually play and how many games they'll actually play. So uh, Auburn and the SEC decided let's play 10 games, all conference. Uh, one of the toughest schedules uh, that probably these players will ever face uh, facing 10 conference uh, games and conference opponents. So I I think it was a very interesting year. I mean, I feel like every time somebody mentions this year, it's going to have that asterisk right next to it. Um, Jared, what do you think overall you're going to remember about, you know, the, the chaos of uh, having all sports canceled up to actually having games um, about this season? I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. There's, it, it was just, you, you didn't know. I think, when the they, the ruling first came down that they were stopping March Madness and the SEC championship, it was like what? Like that never crossed my mind. I knew it was yeah. I knew it was a very serious virus. Absolutely, but that never crossed my mind. And as soon as that happened, I started thinking, will we have football? Um, and you had Herb Street who said no, they yep. will not have football without a vaccine. The Big Ten and the Pac-12 were early leaders in saying we're not playing. I think that, and the Big 12 had a big part, but I think that SEC and ACC were the reason football happened. And, you know, some people were knocking them for doing it, but they basically said, we're moving forward unless you give us other data saying it's, you know, unhealthy for the player. Um, and they put they put metrics in. They went with a 17-day quarantine to, to monitor the heart. You know, I think 10 to 14 is about the virus, and then you had a few more days to make sure the heart you know, that enlarged chart that people were worried about. So they weren't not worried about player safety. Yeah. But they said, we don't think, we think we can play football in the middle of this without adding to the pandemic. And 
because they did that, the Big Ten and Pac-12 later joined in as well, and they had already said they were not playing. Yeah. Well, and then they didn't even start until, what, October or something? Um, it was crazy. So by the time teams like Ohio State you know, got to the national championship or the playoffs, they had only played six games, and it's like, I mean, sure, they won their games and they did it well, but it's like six games of competition, like I'm thinking about Alabama, they've played 10 games. They've had, you know, the brutal beating of playing 10 conference games and Ohio state has had six. I feel like that felt super unfair. Um, it, it to have was. That. And I don't know what you do because Ohio state was probably a top four team. I mean, yeah, they're just no they're doubt. with talent, but I, I don't know what you, I mean, they changed the champ. Like the rule was Ohio state didn't play enough games to even play in the big 10 championship. <laughs> yeah. They changed the rule. Like Indiana was set to play in it, and yep. then Indiana gets a call and says, "You're going to do what? <laughs> I mean, right? uh, we're going to put Ohio State in there." Yeah, I mean, I, we I, knew it was about money. I mean, that, look, yeah. we can get mad about it, but that's the way the world goes around. So, well, and that I mean, as much as I want to hate, I I feel like part of the reason fo- uh, programs decided to have football get started back up that be one of the main sporting programs that you know, did actually start up in 2020 again was because of the money. And yep. I hate to say it, but sometimes money, especially in universities kind of runs the show. And this was the case for, for this year. Um, and, and I am so thankful that the sec as a whole, I think the, they were like 97% or 96% of all of their games actually played, which I feel like is an incredible amount compared to what I feel like, even right before, you know, in probably July, I was thinking we might we might of our ten game schedule only get six, seven games in because of COVID and postponements and all that. But hey, teams, yeah, while they had their outbreaks and stuff, still were able to put a team together and uh, play, you know, more or less as regular of a season as you can during a pandemic. So. Yeah, and I, I want to give shout out to two teams. I know we're talking. This is about Auburn, but we've ventured into other conferences. What BYU and Coastal Carolina did was really cool. I mean, Thursday, word came down that Coastal Carolina's opponent couldn't play. Thursday. Mm -hmm. So by Saturday, they had scheduled a game with BYU. Mm -hmm. And these were two undefeated teams that easily could have kept playing their schedules and maybe remained undefeated. Right. And BYU flew out to, I guess, South Carolina. Is that where it is? I don't know. They flew I out there and played them. I think it was, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and and that, I really wish there would have been allowed more flexibility because there was some SEC games where you could, like when we missed, we had a bye week, and then we missed two weeks because of COVID. We, yep. I wish there would have been a way we could have. And if it ever happens again, it would probably be a better setup. But I, I just wanted to throw that out there because that was, just that, just throw that into 2020 about, Literally, you don't you change who you're playing on Thursday. Um, wow! And kudos to BYU for being willing to do it and fly out there and play them. Right, and that's one thing that I felt like was kind of the uh, I don't know one of the defining things about the season was how flexible everybody had to be. Uh, I mean, if you're quarterback, you know it's normally you know, the quarterback may get injured, but it could he could have tested positive for COVID on Friday. You know, practice well Monday through Thursday, but he has COVID on Friday. Can't play on Saturday. You got to throw in your backpack uh, backup, and that's that's something that teams have had to do this last season. And teams did it. 
it wasn't the best, but hey, they made it happen. And that, that's something that is very much committable uh, for this season. Jared, let's jump into some of the games that Auburn had. Well, some. Let's actually talk through all of them, um, even <laughs> though we don't want a, to. Let's just talk about some of them. You had it right. You had it right. <laughs> I did. Yeah, that was the heart of what I wanted to say. So let's just talk about Auburn's wins, okay? There you go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Auburn did go six and five, uh, in the season, six and four, um, in the regular conference play. And, uh, this was a year that, you know, every Auburn fan kind of coming into it thought, all right, we, we know we have Alabama and Georgia away and that's going to be really tough already. But then you kind of bring in the juggernauts of somebody like LSU, where you're thinking national championship, they just won it. And even Texas A&M, too, with their uh, senior quarterback, Kellen Mond, who's been there forever. And you're like, (laughs) yeah, we got some tough games ahead of us. But yet Auburn comes into this and we're like, yeah, we're Auburn fans. We think we're going to win it all. (laughs) It's the way we are. Um, And, hey, we come out swinging against uh, Kentucky. Yeah, the first half wasn't great, but we won. We won 29-13. to Our second half, it really – kind of showed me the fight and the desire of our team to win. And that got me really excited for the rest of the season, especially since uh, that game kind of led into uh, Georgia, which, you know, second game of your season, you're playing Georgia. What's going on there? But, um, but the Kentucky game itself had some weird moments. Like uh, Jared, do you remember the blindside block that happened during the interception might have been a pick six. Like, probably should have been. But I don't remember what? it because it didn't happen. <laughs> I remember a penalty called a blindside block, but I don't remember an actual blindside block. Yeah, that Same. was – I mean, Kentucky probably got screwed over a few plays earlier with a touchdown, and then – but it doesn't negate the terrible play call – the terrible call by the ref of a blindside block on a guy who was – looking at our defender and yep. running forward. Yep. Trying to tackle our guy. Yep. Nothing about that was blindside. Nope. As soon as you see somebody and you hit them front uh in their front, you don't hit them in the back. That that says it's no longer a blindside walk. Anyway, I, I feel I, like we're, you know what is this 3 4 months later we're still kind of mad about this, but you know. <laughs> I, here's my problem with it because some of this gets guys kicked out. Luckily, they can review it, but they just like to stick with what they call any hard contact now, they throw a flag. Yep. And it's like, it's football, and we want to protect these kids, but every hard impact is not against the rule, Yeah. and they want to throw a flag, and I feel like that's what they did there. Yeah, and that's one of those, if it hadn't been called, I feel like we could have scored another touchdown, and then- Oh, that's it. Man. You know what? They didn't call it on the field, did they? Didn't no, no, that's that? right. They that is so it. true. That's it. We thought they were reviewing to see if he stepped out. Yeah. They came back and said blindside and took it off. That's oh it. Gosh. I knew I was kind of more mad than I was letting on. So letting... we can we can more or less not blame the refs on the field probably for that one, but Birmingham in the SEC Yeah, we'll blame office. Birmingham. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, the next game we played was Georgia. Uh, this was, like I said, the second game and an odd feeling just to play them so early in the season, but this was part of the schedule change up even during the you know 10 game conference only schedule they kept georgia early in the season which uh from what i've heard is going to probably be you know earlier on in the season from now on as well 
Um, Auburn lost this game 27 to six. It was a blowout. And uh, this is one that I, when I said some games, I didn't want to talk about this one because I don't want to remember too much about it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But we did see Tank Bigsby and he was our leading rusher, but he only had 31 yards. So is that good? No. (laughs) He had a, uh, he had a couple of catches though that like he had a couple where he had to run for his life. Um, and was able to get something out of nothing. So yeah. I think we were able to tell, all right, this guy's kind of special. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I want to talk real quick about, we've mentioned in the past, Gus's teams never quit. And to that point, um, Georgia had 24 points in the first half. Mm-hmm. And we could not move the ball at all, and they only wound up with 27. Um, so that game could have been a lot uglier. Oh, definitely. And Georgia, I don't think they necessarily took their foot off because they were running a base offense. You know, we talked about this before the season. We said, listen, the teams that are going to win early on are just going to outman you mm-hmm. um, and because it's it was a weird offseason. And yeah. that's all Georgia did. They lined up. They ran a very base offense. And, and they, they ran it behind us. their essentially third, maybe fourth string coming into the season because they're, one of their uh, quarterbacks – was ruled ineligible or wasn't ruled eligible, I guess, at that point. Had another guy transfer, and now you're down to Stetson Bennett. And you're like, what? Like, this is is so weird. I still think there was a – I think their first drive, he rolls out. We had him dead to rights. Big Cat did. And if we sack him there, we don't win that game because we couldn't move the ball. But I think Mm -hmm. it turns up being more of like a 17 to 12 type game. Yeah. Um, But he rolls out and hits them, and they got all momentum from there. And um, it's crazy how one play changes, but I think it did. I think that turned it into being a 27. It doesn't matter. We would have lost, but yeah, um, that that was a big play. Yeah, and then it, one of the more unfortunate things, and another reason why I want to forget this, K.J. Brett got injured during this oh, game. yeah. So lots of just negative things happened that game, and I probably won't ever go watch anything from that game nope. ever again. Um, and I just want to move on. So let's do that. Yep. <laughs> I'm with uh, you. Arkansas, we ended up winning this one 30-28, but this wasn't without some controversy. Uh, this was the you game where <laughs> no, this one, I felt like, made its rounds, not a, not just in Auburn kind of, you know, spheres, but nationwide about how, you know, they're saying Arkansas got gypped from this and yeah, whatever. But Jared, I want to get your, your input on this and kind of how it played out and how Auburn ended up winning. But it was just lots of controversy around that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was, I think we, I was actually trying to find out, but I felt like we actually had the game in hand most, we dominated most of the game, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they, you know, they kept chipping away and got back in it, you know, at the end. And then, yeah, there was obviously an issue with the ending. Um, You know, Bo Nix was trying to spike the ball. And um, was probably as surprised as anybody that we were under center. We never do that. <laughs> um, but he tried to spike it, and he threw it backwards. And the refs blew it dead. Um, I feel like I still feel like the wrong call was that it was a fumble. I think when they did the review, they called it correct because it bounced around off several people's hands before somebody landed on it. And to me, when they've blown a whistle, it's like has to be a very quick, clear recovery. Yes. And their Arkansas guy that had that chance missed it. Yep. And at that point, you can't just let it keep bouncing around and say, all right, well, whoever had it last, in my opinion, what do you think? 
Yeah. And this was one I was uh, kind of watching on my phone because I was out of town and I was watching that scene happening and I was actually doing it without any audio. So I was like, what, did it, what just happened? It just looked like he spiked the ball and now it's under review what's going on. Um, and then Arkansas thinks they just won the game or something. And I was thinking, what just happened? So I had to like text a few people to figure this out. And that's what I came to the conclusion of. It looked like he spiked it backwards, and he did. And then ends up that Arkansas thought they ended up with it and got a touchdown. But they didn't. Like, <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, and I'm mixing all these games, and I've tried to forget 2020. I think, I think Carlson still had to step up and hit a hit a field goal, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, so, end of the game, like a 39 yarder to win it, it all. It, that, it, that's you can't you can't just like gloss over that. No, and you know, I, yeah, should he have had the chance? I don't know. And I'll move on after this. Here's been my argument that every time with somebody because people love to trash on Auburn. It's just uh, maybe maybe we just see it more. But <laughs> I, I said, listen, um, they blew the call, but let's assume they didn't blow the whistle. DJ Williams was around it. I think um, uh, uh, Jackson was around it. Yep. There were several Auburn players around it who did not go after it. Yeah. So it is a chance an Auburn player lands on it. Now it's a five yard longer field goal, but it's not a guarantee that Arkansas got that ball. And so that was always my argument. It was a bad call. They happen. Yeah. I mean, I I'm, I know we benefited from it, but they happen. So. Yep. Um, and that was one of them that I feel like kind of like loomed over Auburn for a little bit. And then we went into South Carolina and. I don't know if there was like a funk going on around with the team after that. <laughs> we showed them, didn't we? we said, yeah. South Carolina, man. This is another one of those when I said some games, I, I didn't want to talk about this one. Mm. Um, the only positive that I honestly remember from this is that Tank Bigsby scored his first touchdown. So that's yep. positive, right? And yep. we, you know, we kind of lead, leading into it, you saw how good he was, but he just hadn't found the end zone yet. And this was his uh, first time to find there the end zone and kind of you started to see the wheels turning. He was having 111 yards, almost seven yards per carry. And this guy is going to make a difference on this team, despite the you know, sometimes odd, I don't know, odd play calling. Sometimes the offense tank Bigsby made the ball move down the field. And this was one of those games that he just made things happen. He only had 16 carries. You would think if somebody was averaging seven yards a carry, I don't know. I would have given it to him more. But yeah, we'll move along. Yeah. Um, and this, this, uh, I think you had posed this question to me or a group of us earlier. So, you know, thinking back now, the season's over and we lost South Carolina, probably the lowest point of our season. Uh, we were, I think, 15th coming into the se- into this game, dropped out of the rankings. This is a bad sign for Auburn, but I think looking back on it, hey, losing to them, Muschamp got fired, uh, and now we have their offensive coordinator, Mike Bobo, and we brought over some of his staff and potentially another five-star quarterback that might come our way that was committed to South Carolina. It obviously hasn't happened, but you know some positive things have come from this. <laughs> Would you have thought that? We. We lost on purpose, AJ. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy how things happen. I mean, that's the coaching carousel, right? Oh yeah. Um, but definitely weird that that 
that loss probably led to what we're a lot of what we we have going on right now. Yeah. So we have that game against South Carolina, lose it by eight points, and then I'm thinking, holy crap, we're going to play Ole Miss, the Lane Train, Lane Kiffin, man, he's going to put up some points on us. He did put up some points, but he only put up 28. Auburn ended up putting up 35. And uh, this was a big bounce-back game for Auburn. Tank Bigsby had multiple touchdowns, two touchdowns, and uh, 129 yards on the ground. And this was, again, again, I say it again, (laughs) another controversial, actually multiple calls during this game. This was one that went Auburn, and then one, oh, yeah. You call it Pinky Gate? Is that like yep. yeah, Watergate or what? Yeah, so this, this yeah, Shivers, and his, did his pinky touch it or not? Right. And, okay, so the first, let's let's talk about that one, and then we'll talk about the phantom hold uh, that happened on Tank. You're going to um, get me fired up now. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um. So, Shivers, you know, he's back there. Um. The ball looks like it might have touched his pinky, but at the same time, they didn't rule it anything like that. And then Ole Miss jumps on it and thinks that they got a touchdown and they're so excited. The refs just, you know, call it, you know, it went into the end zone. Okay, whatever. So now the ball gets brought out of the end zone. So it does get reviewed apparently, but it doesn't seem like they did because they didn't, you know, call a timeout and review it. So Ole Miss fans are really mad about that still. <laughs> but hey, I, I really don't think until they kind of really slowed it down, literally frame by frame, did you potentially see that pinky go back? And if, I don't know, what, what what's your thoughts on that? I think it's, uh, again, it was probably the wrong call on the field, but they blew it dead when it went in the end zone. So Shivers could have turned, we needed to tell our players to jump on the ball after Arkansas. We apparently <laughs> did not. Um, the um, Shivers, you know, did not um, turn around and go after the ball, but they blew it dead, okay? Yep. However, I think even if they would have gone and reviewed that and stopped the game, I think it would have been the same deal of it. It whatever we caught on the field stands because it was too – it looks like it might, but it was too hard to tell. Um, yeah. and, Honestly, and I think the rule, whatever you're going to Well, and then the, this year with the rule that you only have two minutes to determine if the call on the field should stand or should be overturned. And – I mean, it literally took Auburn Twitter or Ole Miss Twitter, whoever discovered it, 48 hours for us to see literally a certain angle where his pinky looks like it went back. Did it go back because he was flinching? I think that personally, but it could have been also the ball. I'm also an Auburn fan, so, you know, that's my bias. (laughs) I think in the end, it probably touched his pinky. I don't know if they had enough evidence. And again, let's say it did. They blew it dead. And mm-hmm. so it's like, well, you say clear recovery. Yeah, but that was, I mean, Shivers was the closest man to the ball. That would yep. have been a clear recovery. Yeah. Um, if uh, you mentioned earlier the phantom hold, I mean, Tank started the second half with a kickoff return. They got pulled back, called back by a phantom hold. Um, yeah. I, and, where Where was that? Like, I have still yet to see a, you know, a screenshot showing me that somebody held. I, I did it. not see holding. And so my argument with anybody that was willing to talk about it, and you can't get people to talk about stuff anymore, they just say they stick to their guns on their topic. <laughs> okay, 
give us our seven, we'll give you your seven, and we're back to even, you know? Right. The so, game the game would have been like forty two to thirty five. Auburn the still game, wins. The game yes, and I think that, you know, you also we go three and out. They call the tank kickoff back. We go three and out. Don't you right? think that probably had an impact on how the rest of the game went? Oh, absolutely. I mean, so your I, first drive out of the half kind of sets your tone for how you play in the second half. Yeah, so I, I'm like, okay, it's obvious bad calls happen. Yeah. They happen to each team. Let's wipe it even, and who yeah. wins? And I think we still win that game if you do that. So Yeah, I think so too. There. Whew, I'm, I'm, I'm good now. We're done. All right. I think the controversial things are over, hopefully. I'm trying to look down. uh, (laughs) I don't know, man. There was one or two calls, and we probably beat Bama. I'm kidding. Yeah, right? (laughs) Not this year. Hey, Auburn family. We're going to take a quick breather from this episode to bring you an important message. One of the most well-known things about Auburn fans is how loyal they are, and we show that loyalty by the colors that we wear. Let us help you stock up on those colors by going over to our tpublic.com store. There you'll find a variety of merchandise geared towards designs based on E2C Network and Auburn content. While tpublic is known for their t-shirts, they have a wide selection of merchandise options for you to select one of these designs to be put on. They also have other types of apparel, stickers, mugs, and much more. Here's the beauty of it. Your purchase will help support this network and the content that we regularly produce. The purchase will also go to support independent artists who put a lot of hard work into designing these concepts, especially for you, the Auburn family. And did I mention that they regularly have sales? T-shirts for $13? You have to be kidding me. If you're ready to explore your purchase options, head on over to tpublic.com slash store slash E2C Network. You can also get there by going to our website at e2cnetwork.com slash support. Now that you've got some options to suit up for game day, let's head back into this episode. The next game we had was LSU. And this was the defending national champions. LSU, yes, they were very much down. They didn't have their Heisman winning quarterback. They didn't have a lot of their wide receivers. They didn't have a lot of their players that made them a national champion. But the talent level, I feel like at LSU, is just so high. It was they didn't play together as a team. And it definitely showed in this game where Auburn ended up beating them by 37 points. Uh, And that's not something that most teams do um, unless you're just a very good offensive team. And yet somehow this was a really good offensive showing for Auburn. And I wish we could have done that in every game, but whatever happened in that game seemed to only stay at that game and not go on to other games. So, Weird, uh, weird kind of showing for Auburn. I loved it. Don't get me wrong. I think we needed it because (laughs) normally we do that against like Arkansas or something, right? And this time we did it against LSU. Happy to do it against LSU, obviously. But uh, anyway, what what do you kind of remember from this LSU game um, after beating them and kind of going into the next three weeks of bye slash, you know, games getting postponed? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it was um, it was interesting. I mean, I thought after that game, I thought maybe we had figured something out. I mean, LSU was no doubt they were down this year, um, but they were still scoring points. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, coming into Auburn, they had put up 34, 41, 41, 52, and then 11. Yep. So, 
you know, they were scoring points. Our defense did played well in that game. Offense played really well, and we thought we'd figure something out. I think that if we don't have the three buys, and I know we still went on to beat Tennessee, I think if we don't have the three buys, the season might have ended a little better. Maybe we play a little better against Bama because we were on a really big high. We had figured some stuff out. Yeah. Then you go three weeks off. I mean, Gus has proven that bowl games have three weeks off. Mm-hmm. Those are not good for us. Yeah. Um, and I know that's but, a lot on coaching, but at the same time, it does throw off the player rhythm. It does of not playing a game for that long. It, so I think that I think that really hurt us. I really do. Um, I don't know how much different it would have been. We would have played Mississippi State earlier, but we still beat them. Yep. Um, I think it probably just gives us. We didn't have any momentum going into Bama. I mean, I know we beat. We're going to talk Tennessee. We beat Tennessee, but it wasn't like we had a great game. No. I don't think we had any momentum. So I think it would have uh, it really killed our momentum. Yeah, time. I absolutely think so. In three weeks, you're not playing the the team doesn't have the same rhythm of of things going on. Uh, I think during that time, there's also some COVID issues, so players not being able to practice. Yeah, I think, I, so yeah, the reason we didn't play was COVID, and so yeah, you have players not practicing. So sorry. Yeah, I mean that that just kind of leads into you don't have the rhythm going. And then you have to jump in back to Tennessee. Auburn does win that game. Uh, And I was thinking coming into it that this could have been a revenge game for Tennessee. Thankfully, it wasn't uh, based on the last time they came to Jordan-Hare. Auburn did squeak that one out. Auburn did win 30-17, to so you know a little bigger margin of victory there. But um, I'm I'm glad we got this one done. And uh, the only – I'm going to say the one negative – was Tank did get injured during this game, and it kind yep. of it, it took him a few games after that to fully get back to what we saw, um, like towards the end of the season, and that's something that I if you know I don't know if Tank doesn't get injured, I feel like we have a much better shot the next week against Bama. And I think we probably oh, beat, and I'll talk about. It. I think we probably beat A and M if Tank yeah. doesn't get injured. I don't. I don't think anybody was beating Bama this year, but um, I think we probably beat A and M, and I'll I'll explain why I think that when we get to that game. Yeah. Um, another couple highlights. Just wanted to point out Tennessee. We did have Smoke Monday have a 100 yard pick six electric. Reminded me very much of the 2019 Iron Bowl of just ridiculous pick sixes. Yep. And that was exciting. Um, yeah. and, and leading into Bama, I mean, I think it got us all Auburn fans kind of juiced a little bit. Like, yeah, we just beat LSU. We just beat Tennessee. We got to pick six. Let's do this thing. But it's Bama. And yeah. they, this year, were loaded. There was, there's certain teams that you just know are not going to lose. Um, and this Bama, this year for Bama, they were not going to lose. You know what's crazy, though? Um so I was watching, you know, Bama in the playoffs, and they had Devontae Smith, and they were still dominating, and, mm-hmm. you know, Waddle was hurt and, and tried to go. Yeah. Um, we beat Bama in 2019. Now, I know Mac Jones had only played four or five games. He wasn't yeah. their starter. But we beat Mac Jones, Waddle, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, Najee Harris. They all were healthy, I think. Oh, they, like, we beat them. I mean, yeah. that – I don't understand. I still don't even. And that was one of the craziest games I've ever seen. It was so bad. Like, don't even go get something to drink because somebody's going to score. Oh, um, yeah. But Bo Nix, Gus Malzahn beat all those players. Right. And it still blows my mind because watching them with just Devontae Smith and Najee Harris, they looked unstoppable. Yeah. And 
Man, this was such a, I mean, hey, I'll give Bama the credit. This was one of the most electric years for them. Um, and this was, you know. They were good. I mean, they they adjusted. They adjusted what they needed to. Um, man, it was crazy. Yeah, they were but, good. But Auburn, even in this Iron Bowl, I felt like already came into the game calling super conservative plays and playing to not lose really big. Now, we did lose, I'd say, pretty big. But the conservative play calling, you just can't do that against Bama. And I think that got under my skin a little bit was we should have come out and said, we're going to throw the ball down the field, 20 yards down the field. Heck, if it gets intercepted, it gets intercepted. But at least we took our shot. And we did not. We threw the ball behind the line of scrimmage so many times. And maybe that just got under my skin by this point that, you know you have to score touchdowns, and we well, were just was, making field goals against them. Well, and it was, a, I think, one of the big ones. It was like a fourth and one, middle of the field, or further, mm-hmm. maybe at the 40, and we didn't go for it. And you're like, come on. I mean, it's Alabama. I mean, we're not playing for anything. Like, let's, uh, like, what is the point of not going for it on fourth and one when the SEC's not on the line? Yeah. It's a crazy year. Go for it. Like, I, that's what got under my skin. Yeah. I think you're right. I think we went in there and played – not to get blown out, we still got blown out. If you right. play not to get blown out, you're going to get blown out. I mean, that's yeah. You, you just can't play that way. I mean, it, it reminds me, and maybe if you've ever played football in your life, it reminds me of like the coaches saying, "Hey, I know it's you know the trash time at the end of the game, you know the last you know few minutes of the game. You still have to play hard. If you you know halfway go about doing something, that's when players get injured. That's when you know something happens. And it's the same thing here, like." You got to come in playing with the same intensity and the same electricity that the other team's playing. If exactly. you don't, you will get blown out. Yep, you are correct. Uh, the next game. So the, I mean, man, you know, normally we finish up with Bama, but this was a weird season because we did have Texas A&M after, and then because of the postponement, we had Mississippi State after that. So we had number five Texas A&M, uh, and this I thought potentially. If we could get our offense going, we might be able to hang with Texas A&M. And I think you already kind of alluded to it, that if we had, like, I don't know, if certain things lined up, we could have beaten Texas A&M. Um, yeah. Here, here's why I think we beat Texas A&M. Um, we were leading 20-14 to 14 going into the fourth quarter. What do you do in the fourth quarter? You ride your horse. You hand him the ball. Uh, Tank was not 100%. Oh, Tank may have not, not even been 80%. So it was, if we, This was two weeks after his – or maybe three weeks yeah. after his injury. Like, he was not close to it. No, and I talked to a buddy of mine who's in physical therapy, and, and when it, he's a Tennessee fan, so he was watching. He said, yeah, he said he – I guess a hip a hip flexor maybe. That's what they used to wear those pants. All these players used to wear those pads right there. They had them poking out right there on the side to protect that. None of them do anymore. So he said it, it takes a good two to three weeks to, to feel normal. If Tank's normal, we've seen what he can do. I think we feed him, run that clock. A&M scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. We, yeah. like, people forget we were going into the fourth quarter ahead of A&M as bad as we had looked all year. Right. And if we had a healthy Tank that we could have just handed and handed and handed it to, yep. I think we may win that ball game. I think so, too. Um, and that's another reason why I wish we had a healthy Tank. Bigsby. Now I know it, it kind of rides on a lot of you know who's behind him, and I don't. As soon as you get past Tank, you've got Shivers 
and DJ Williams. While I think both of them are good in their own elements, they're not the SEC level that somebody like Tank Bigsby is. And it's just a big drop-off, and that makes Auburn's offense have to function a lot differently without him in the offense. Tank's all-world. I mean, those other guys are good. Tank is all-world when he's healthy. I mean, he's... I mean, Tank has the potential to win the Heisman. I doubt he does because it's yeah. just so hard to predict that. you got to get enough carries. you got to stay healthy. But he's probably – Cadillac probably had that ability. Um, Cam obviously had that ability. But Cam – or Cadillac, Cam, and this may be the, the the third guy, most recent guy we have, that has the ability to win the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Will he? I doubt it. Too, so many things have to go right. Yeah, but, especially uh, running backs in the SEC. They're going to yeah. take a beating. Yeah, and, and you don't want to wear him down, so he may not get enough touchdowns. He's probably going to share the load, although we don't have much load to share right now. we got to get right. some more guys in. But um, at the end of the day, a healthy tank. A&M, I said this going in, they are a very solid team. They did not make mistakes, and they wore you down, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, they were not Alabama. <clears throat> we were not going to beat Alabama with a healthy tank or not. Yeah. Um, A&M was beatable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, they were the weakest number five team I think Auburn's probably ever played. I would agree with that. And it's not taking anything away from A&M. Very solid team. Very good. Really reminds me a lot of the early Nick Saban Alabama teams. They just run the ball well and don't make mistakes Mm -hmm. and play good defense. But there was nothing spectacular about them. Yeah. they, were like they, they didn't make the headlines throughout the whole season. And, and you look at them when we play them, number five in the nation. And I was like, I've not heard too much about how Kellen Mond's doing in his <laughs> seventh season at Texas. I mean, <laughs> it felt like it, goodness. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just like, you know, the the kind of, I don't know, monotone, vanilla kind of feel. They're very but yet they won. They were very boring to watch, but they won ballgames. I, mean, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah. So I kind of, I was thinking about this because we as Auburn fans think back to you know 2004 when we were left out of the BCS national championship and yet we were undefeated we were we should have I mean like I still think we should have been in there. Do you think Texas A&M being number five at the end of the season kind of feels the same way about that Auburn fans feel about being left out of the BCS championship? Two things they absolutely feel the same way. It is totally different. Um, oh, yeah, no doubt. If if you lose a game, now listen, A&M has every argument, and I will not argue with them. Should they have been in over Notre Dame? I don't know. I don't know. But you lost a game. The mm-hmm. difference between that 4 Auburn team, they did everything they absolutely were asked to do. Yeah. They did not lose a ball game. And college football is the craziest sport because you can you cannot look at your guys and say, if you win every ball game, I promise you win a championship. Because if you're playing at – that's been fixed now for the SEC. You will if you do that. But you look at Cincinnati, BYU, uh, Central Florida, you look at those guys, that's not true. Mm-hmm. You can win every ball game, and you're not going to get a shot. It's a crazy sport. Um, it, w- it will never happen again in the SEC for every team to go undefeated, for a team to go undefeated and not get a shot. Um, we, unfortunately, were at the very beginning stages of the SEC dominating. Mm-hmm. And USC and Oklahoma were the headline teams. Yep. Yep. That's, I mean, that's kind of like the, why it happened. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It is similar the what probably Texas A&M feels, but yet Auburn was undefeated. Texas A&M at the end of the season still lost 
uh, a game. Yeah, it was to Alabama during the middle of the season, but you still lost a game. I I don't fault them at all for being upset. They can argue all they want, and I will say you're right. I'm not going to argue. You should be in there. But the only yeah, the only difference is hey, you you still didn't do everything you could have done. You you did lose mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Auburn's final season, uh, final game of the season, and then we'll be done talking about this for a while. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Forever, please. Forever. Um, we played at Mississippi State. This was the game that got postponed. We did win this 24-10. to 10. We beat the Pirate. We beat them. It was great. I'm glad we finally said, hey, welcome to the SEC, and we're going to beat you. And we beat Mississippi State, so. Glad, glad to finally beat. Um, well, I guess finally we've probably beaten him before. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, they were, yeah. Well, we beat him when he was at Washington State. Yeah. Uh, but you know they were scary. They came out the first game of the season, and their quarterback broke SEC records against LSU, and everybody was uh-huh. like, "Whoa!" Yeah. Um, they had come back down to reality, but they were weird. They had come down to the reality, then they were trending back up. I mean, they had gone to Athens a week or two before they played us and, and put up 24 on that defense. And really they only lost 30 to 24 at Athens. So I was like, eh, I don't know, man. I mean, this, <laughs> this is a weird year. We're not usually playing this late. I was worried. I'll be honest. I was worried. So I was pleased to see uh, us get out of there with a victory. Oh, no doubt. And, and this was uh, not the prettiest game by any means. I mean, no. this, going or in the middle of this game i i looked at so many uh, of the people i was i was just watching with some family members and i was like this feels like the three to two game and yet we're scoring thankfully the end of the game didn't look like it was three to two yeah there was more points on the scoreboard than that but i man just ugly like did not feel like a good way um for this game to go but yet thankfully auburn did win this one um and we get this awesome video of Gus dancing in the locker room uh, with his players. And literally the next day, we hear the crazy news. I'm out, out in nature just playing some disc golf. And I get these these texts and messages about Gus is fired. And I think everybody, everybody, beat writers included, did not see this coming. And... I don't know. It, it seems it still feels surreal to me that Gus got fired after a winning season. Yeah, it wasn't the prettiest season, but like, yeah, I, I don't know. Still doesn't yeah. sit completely 100% right with me. I see how Auburn's kind of, you know, moved forward from it, but yet it still feels weird. I don't know. It's kind of, I'm kind of in that middle ground right now. Yeah, we'll never know, but most, I think a lot of people say he didn't know. I think he knew. I think, his, I think that was his last uh dance and and send off with his team um he kind of let his guard down a little bit more than gus does uh during that dance so i i personally think he knew um if he doesn't it kind of it kind of one of those that kind of tugs at your heartstrings because he he doesn't know and he's sitting there celebrating with his players but i think he knew personally but um you know either way uh gus is a good guy I uh, wish him all the best. He'll go on and coach somewhere else where he doesn't have to play Alabama and Georgia and LSU every year and probably be very successful. Yep, and he'll you know collect the $21 million that's owed to him. So not <laughs> yeah. a bad firing, if I'm I, if you're being honest. <laughs> I was talking to a buddy of mine, and, and I was like, man, you know, if you take all four of our – it was four friends. If you take all four of our salaries, like it, he said, he said, dude, 
if he he's going to make more money in the next month than a neurosurgeon will in their entire career. Oh my gosh! I'm like, put it in that context. How nice is that? Holy crap! So, anyways, wow. <laughs> he's doing uh, all right financially. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I saw his wife post some pictures. They're out there playing some golf and in, essentially enjoying vacation. <laughs> Dude, I would move. I would move out. I would move to like Wyoming somewhere and throw away my cell phone, never to be heard from again. But yeah, but he'll he's come got back coaching. He's got football in his blood. I know he's coming know. back. I'm he's just saying, back. you give me 21 million, and you'll never see me again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that ends the regular season. We did get a bowl bid uh, to the Citrus Bowl, the Verbo, not VRBO, Verbo. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Still throws everybody off. I think so. Um, and we got paired up with Northwestern, and this was. I don't know. I've heard rumblings. Were we going to play? Yes or no. Were we going to decline the, the bowl bid? And it sounds like some of the, you know, senior players were really wanting to play and just leadership of the team said, Hey, let's go and play. Let's play for these seniors. And I felt like that was a good way to kind of finish out. Even though we did lose the game 35 to 19 to Northwestern, we did play it. And I felt like we did play hard. And that's another characteristic of a guest Melzon team. We played hard till the final whistle. And I, I can't fault the team, even though we did lose it. It it's just a weird way. Your coach is fired, your defensive coordinators running as interim head coach. I don't know. It was weird, weird. Bowl but and Bo I mean, Bo Nix has gotten fair criticism throughout the year, but that guy came back. I mean, he got injured. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a nothing bowl game. It's just a very weird situation. He could have easily stayed out and nobody would have blamed him and he came back in the game. So yeah. say what you want about Bo Nix, but the guy's got heart. Yeah, and I think when he came back in, he ended up leading Auburn to a touchdown drive. I think he did. Seth Williams, you know, going pro, knew he was going pro. Could yeah. have easily set out. He did not. Kind of surprised me because he's kind of a, I don't want to say attitude, but you saw some things occasionally. You're like, okay, I could see him being a typical receiver, how they mm-hmm. get feisty about things, um, and thinking kind of about himself on receivers. That's what that's what they have a history of doing. He didn't do that. I was very pleased with that. He didn't have to come play in that game. No, no um, doubt. I mean, it doesn't help him. Uh, it probably could have hurt him. It could have hurt him. I don't think if that, he I got mean, injured. Yeah, I don't think anybody's looking at that film and saying, oh, okay, well, now he's NFL ready. I mean, he's NFL ready. Yeah, right. What yes. draft, I don't know. But he's NFL ready. He he only could have hurt himself by physically getting hurt, in my opinion. So I was very proud of him. I'm not knocking players that don't play, but I think the ones that do need to be honored and because and, uh, it, it's becoming a thing not to. Um, and so, yeah, I, I thought that was really, really cool of him playing. Yeah, and – I mean, that's another one of those players that you know for sure is gone, but yet comes back. Um, kind of, you know, continuing that trend from 2019 where, yeah, Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson are going to be top picks, first rounders and in the, in the NFL draft, and yet they come back. So I feel like there's some, some cool parallels there and just leadership that I hope is able to transition into a Brian Harson era um, coming into this next season. Uh, Jared, any other final thoughts about this season? Um, or are you just ready to forget it like me? <laughs> I'm really ready to forget everything in 2020. I ho- I know some people had some good stuff, I'm sure. Um, and it could have been worse for, for me and my family. But <laughs> football, everything, I'm done with it. I mean, we got 
you know, we 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 were going to go to the March Madness. That got in. That got canceled. Mm-hmm. We had a bad football season. Um, yeah, let's just let's just move on. Yeah, there were definitely bright spots, but we got tank. We, we did, did get, get tank, tank, and we still have tank, and he's going to be our running back, and th- that's going to be an awesome way. Hey, heck, we have we do have Bo. I know he's well, not he's not the greatest, but new coaching staff is third quarterback coach maybe something will start to click with well, let's this. make let's point this out real quick and then i know we got to get out of here the ncaa did one thing right in the history of their existence and well <laughs> two things they freed sharif and <laughs> they are not counting this season against eligibility so let's assume bo becomes a very good quarterback mm-hmm. but not one that can jump early and he technically this season didn't count so we have more years of bo if yep. he becomes good um, and and other players. I mean, we have uh, other players. I, I think we've had a few that could have could have left, or, or probably would have had to leave, and are either contemplating coming back or said they will to take advantage of that extra year. So, you know, um, that's some good stuff. Everybody got. It was basically a fancy spring practice season because none of it really counted. Yeah, and um, I've heard this comparison. I mean, yeah, this is kind of one of those weird times of uh, yeah it, it does count but there's always going to be that asterisk next to this year this is the best practice essentially for a lot of these players yep to go up against top level sec opponents and they did it day, week in and week out um just despite all the chaos and craziness going on and uh, despite all of the whatever daily if not every other day getting tested for covid they still came out and played hard and I, I love that about our team that we came out and played hard. Um, and I really hope that transitions into the next year. That's something that's a, a an attribute that is a part of Brian Harson's teams that we think about. Okay. All right, Jared, uh, before we get out of here, uh, how can the people stay in touch with you? Uh, yeah, you can just, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y, J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?